Hooray! We are live from Vegas, from the MGM. Look, Sean. Fucking sweet. Look, that's look that. that's going that to be Dave Fogarty and Peter Fogarty's bed. Look at that undressed bed over there. Look at that. Oh, beautiful. And this one's mine. Sweet. So, we're here. What time is it in Ireland? It's quarter past 6 a.m. Okay, so I've been awake 24 hours. Nice. Uh, excluding, maybe excluding, uh, like, hour or two hours sleep on planes. Yeah. But look, I don't want to be overdramatic. You know that's not my style. No, it's not indeed. This, well was, this was one of the worst days of my life of traveling. Really? Amer- American Airlines are the equivalent. Actually, they make Ryanair look like Etihad. Like <laughs> something, re- like literally. So my plane over was American Airlines. Yeah. Not so bad. I thought grand. I slept last night for once before my flight. I'll chill out. I'll watch something on my little portable television in front of me. Stick the phone in the charger. You know yourself. The usual things that you expect on a cross-continental fucking flight. Instead, three televisions that everyone could watch, like a bus from the 90s that you'd used to go on on a school tour. No plug sockets. Nothing like that. Complimentary uh, cans of Coke. That's okay. I can, I can get behind that. But... And I both flights, I had nobody sitting beside me, so I was at the window. But I had a dickhead in front of me both times that pushed the seat back. Ah, fuck that. Such as this, right? Now, look, this sounds all well and good, but it gets worse, Sean. It gets worse. Go on. Land in Philadelphia, you know, Brian Friel, Philadelphia, here I come. Do you like that reference? Yeah, go on. There we go. Um get on the plane you know just i was sitting out in the lounge area it was going to be the last on the plane so we can get a, get ahead and get to vegas and i can fall asleep two hours later the pilot informs us we will now be taking off oh, fuck that. because there was something wrong with the left phalange mm-hmm. and it was on the left side it was on the engine and then he reassured us by saying oh this has happened before they'll, they'll be able to fix it <laughs> so at this stage i'm like all right, I'd like to get off this plane, please, (laughs) and not travel to Vegas. But uh, yeah, two hours later, we take off. And then I think, happy days, the guy in front of me is sitting on the aisle. So I'm like, I can put my knees up against this chair, I can go to sleep, but doesn't the useless bastard move in against the window seat right before we take off? Why didn't you move out? What? You should have moved out to the other seat. No, because there was already a guy at the aisle, and if I had a move from the window to sit in the middle beside him, that would have probably looked really weird. Yeah, that would have been weird, all right. Aside from that, got here all okay. Everything's going fine. Hop in the taxi uh, with lads from the airport. PJ, Irish underscore Buchel, fan of the podcast. Share a taxi to the MGM. They go off to the Luxor. I'm standing in the queue for the MGM, and then I realize, oh, wait, where's my laptop? <laughs> Gone. You're some bollocks, aren't you? Left, left it in the car. Literally left it in the car. Queuing up, get up to the top of the MGM. Sorry, your booking has been cancelled. I just looked at your woman. I was like, what? My credit, the credit, since I booked this room in July, since then, my, my debit card has been missing and I've got a new one. Oh, 
Fuck. So it was booked under that. So I had both cards because it wasn't actually missing. I just lost it and my mom found it. I had yeah. both cards and explained it to her. She reinstated the booking and I paid for it in full in cash. Dave Fogarty, Peter Fogarty, if you're living, bring that cash with you, lads, because I am broke until you get here. <laughs> right? So uh, aside from that, uh, got the laptop back, met John Gooden downstairs, bumped into a few Irish people. John Danaher. John Danaher as well, a fa- completely fanboyed, Henzo Gracie man, and there I am standing in a, a Marcelo Garcia Jiu-Jitsu Academy t-shirt, their biggest rival from New York. Ooh. So uh, that I went up to Matt Sarah, I was like, sorry, I know you always get the pictures, but would you mind, would you mind taking one of me and John? And he was like, <laughs> And he was like, yeah, yeah, no bother. Sure, man, sure. <laughs> sure, sure, no bother, no bother. I should have told John Danher that I was great friends with Henzo Gracie from my time in Bahrain. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, oh. Me and Henzo. So then I bought uh, a $5 can of Red Bull to get us through this podcast. Sweet. And that's about, uh, that's about all that's happened. Also, I didn't eat any food on the planes because airplane food is the devil's invention. I haven't been on an airplane in about 11 years. It, like literally every time I smell airport airplane food, no matter what it is, I just remember my flight home from Brazil when I got this weird chicken and I spent my <laughs> entire second flight from France to Dublin puking in the bathroom. That was a rat or something, definitely. 100%. Rat. No, look. Yeah. The team of the week, Sean. The Brazilian rats. He's here. Oh. Alu's here. <clears throat> Do you hear anything? What are the rumors going around? How injured well, is he? How Winston <laughs> pulling out? Winston McGregor pulling out? What's the crack? Fights off. That's Fights like, off, is it? If you're listening to this in the airport, you're coming, like, because this will be out in the morning. If you're listening to us before your flight, just ask the pilot to turn it around. Yeah. Go, <laughs> come back home. Going because home. you don't want to be in the MGM at the minute. Anyway, <coughs> it looks like Cross McGlenn, Cully Hanna, Armagh, all of the border region areas have infiltrated the MGM. Garrett, oh my God, the amount of hillbillies walking around the place. Oh, the with, is on. Like, yeah, and not even that. Prostitution business in Vegas, I've already seen, mm-hmm. has taken a massive spike because it's full of cowboys walking around with flared shirts, check shirts as well, no less. Uh, big white cowboy hats walking arm in arm with the prostitutes. Do you know prostitution isn't actually legal in Las Vegas? It's just frowned upon. No, it's no, it's not. It's not. What's the word? Yeah, it's not legal. It's legal in Nevada and so, some places, but it's not legal in Las Vegas. It's legal like you can. There's this place like thirty miles outside Las Vegas where it's legal, but not in Vegas itself. So like all the ones, all the prostitutes in Las Vegas are like not clean and are like could have HIV and all. So don't sleep with prostitutes here in Vegas, everyone. Go to that place like 30 miles outside of it. Why? Where they're clean? Like, oh, oh it's like them, uh, them safe injection centers yeah. that they're looking to open that, up. That Dublin. place where your man Richard Hunter, who'll probably be there this week, was Lamar Autumn was found. Do you remember that? Oh, the media guy? Yeah. Yeah, that was what bad. Can't places. wait to see him tomorrow. That'll be pretty funny. Ask him to see if any, uh, <laughs> any lady friend you can. Uh, uh, no. What's the word I'm looking for? I think we'll just move on from that. Okay. Yeah, let's. Well, okay. Sean, I like you're you're trying to get me in trouble here. You, you deserve it, honestly. You do deserve it, right? We talk about the fight before we oh, do. Go on. Everyone listening to this should give Sean Sheehan a massive round of applause of appreciation. It's six o'clock in the morning in Ireland here. 
the man is deranged as they come. Oh, wait a minute. Let me just go back to you. Oh, Sean, speak so people can see your shirt. So if you're on my podcast, can you see you? I can't see myself. Beautiful. So uh, it's six o'clock in the morning. We appreciate the dedication immensely. I should be out getting wings and hooters. But oh, I love a few wings now, even though it's six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> breakfast wings. Yeah, of course. Best sort of wings. So, why am I in Vegas again? How, how pumped the rodeo, the rodeo, Sean. That's <laughs> why I'm here. It is going to be a rodeo with all the fucking fights and all the media events and all the wins and everything this week. Do you know what the worst part of it is? I have oh. to get up tomorrow morning and go and buy a tripod. Yes. Oh, why? Where's your tripod? In Dave Fogarty's car, and he's bringing it over with him. But most of the interviews are tomorrow morning. When's Dave coming? Dave is coming tomorrow afternoon. All right. Ash, Jesus, you could fashion one out of something there. Make one. I should make Graham just hold it. Yeah, do yeah, be grand. Freehand. Um, how pumped are you? How like I I was sitting there yesterday and I was like. I can't wait. I just, I just can't wait. I just need this fight to happen right now. Are you like that as well? Or are you kind of, are you biding your time? I think tomorrow I'll be a little bit more festive. Yeah. I think it's just considering how pissed off I am at the universe over the last 24 hours. Fair. I little, and once I saw the welcome to Las Vegas sign, uh, that just changed everything. I was ready. I, I was like, oh yes, finally, no more planes, no more travel. And because I deliberately went out of my way to get a picture of the Welcome to Las Vegas sign, I ended up going to the wrong terminal for my bags and had to get a shuttle bus 10 minutes over to Terminal 1 to get uh, to get my bag. But look, everything that's gone wrong has gone wrong, and I'm still here standing. I am ready to take Vegas on tomorrow. The fight, like even now talking about it, seeing all the banners up in the in the MGM, all the McGregor stuff, Aldo versus McGregor, not McGregor versus Mendez. Oh, fantastic. Madness. I can't. Like, I actually can't wait. It's it's just going to be, like, it's going to be unbelievable. It, and it, it's building now nicely. Like, I was on with the mayor of Larry yesterday, and he asked me, like, about, like, the perception of McGregor at the moment. And I think he's kind of, I think it's kind of turned a bit where he's kind of almost all good now. I think... Like that time in the house kind of suited him and the time away from the cameras. He didn't really say much on the conference call this weekend. I think, you know, I think it's building into like, it could be a big moment for the country, obviously, if he wins. But I think there's a lot there's a lot of people like, I don't know if there's people asking you, but I've been asked like loads of times by people like, where can I watch the fight the weekend? Like, I think it's, it's building up to something really big in Ireland and like, for us, obviously, it's fucking mad anticipation of what I think for other people it is as well. I just hope, I, I was sitting today, I was like, my one hope from Conor McGregor's success or Irish MMA's success in general is that some airline plucks up the courage to do a Dublin to Las Vegas direct flight. Mm. That would be the dream. I thought you were going to say, I hope someone gives you loads of money for doing interviews or whatever. That's second priority. <laughs> direct flight. Direct I'll, flight is number one. I'll take some of that money too. But fuck it, it's unbelievable. Um, Aldo has arrived in in. Uh... Aldo's here. I saw a couple of people already have a couple of fans of uh, selfies up with him on Facebook. That was going through my timeline, and it was like, so he's here, he's alive. I know he did an interview earlier on with Megan O'Leary as well. So, um... <clears throat> oh, what can go wrong, Sean? Sean, I'll let you know though. If you want, I'll bring you in 
there is one way there is one way Jose Aldo loses uh, doesn't make this fight how's that I'm transporting you your wife is gonna fucking click off now like the last time no it won't I'm not in Scotland look at them tiles they are parallel treacherous look he could just hop out of the okay showers here right this is Jose coming out hello oh and then speaking gone get down literally Get down the ground, across the angle. Come on. Gone. <laughs> I'll oh. wait for the buffer. This Sorry. is a bad. Angle. This is a bad angle. I don't like this. What for me? Like, yeah. Look, this is Jose. I'm on the floor. My leg is broken. Here's the toilet. He has to climb up off the toilet. Ah, ring the UFC. Ring the UFC. It's gonna happen. Could happen. Have you seen? Uh, have you been watching any of the embedded? Did you see? Um, McGregor was. That's how that is how long I've been traveling. I missed two embeddeds. Two embeddeds have been posted since I last left Dublin. On one of them, McGregor was with this movement coach guy he has, and he was, uh, was that yeah, the first was, one? That was embedded number two, I think. What, the, was it the ones when he was punching yeah. the candles at? Punching the candles, yeah. That was that was, was on number like, one. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? He's gonna punch the table. He's just he's gonna break his fucking hand and he's gonna be out of the fight. And then another one he had him walking along these really fucking tight beams with like a fall down one side. It's like, what the fuck is he doing? He's gonna like jump off this and break his ankle and the fight's gonna be over. He needs to get rid of that lad. That's what I think anyway. <laughs> no, he see like in um, Sack that lad. Try him out. I know that we don't like other podcasts, obviously. No. And your man is a bit of a, a Joe he tries to be a bit of a Joe Rogan, but the guy that does London Real. He had Ido Portal on a while ago, and uh, Ido was talking about Connor and stuff like that, and listening to him. Like he said something that I think would, um, I think made, he made a lot of sense without maybe realizing he made a great fight uh, analysis. He said that Connor is always in your space. He said like there's a he he called it some sort of buffer range between him feeling comfortable. And then instantly feeling in danger. And he's like, Connor always has a person feeling in danger and is in range. He said, you see a lot of the movement stuff that they're doing when Connor follows Gunny is that he's always touching him. Did, yeah. did you notice that? The way that you're always touching Now, looking from the outside, maybe that's so that you're always within range of striking someone about being able to manage the distance. Well, uh, I know. Is he a fighter or is he like, what is he? No, he's just a movement guy. Like, he just flows. I like. I would love to get to talk to him over here. He does seem like a really, uh, really interesting guy. But some of the stuff that you see that he's doing, I think it's like I know we'll get to it later on. Uh, there is a question: Is it a, a touch of Steven Seagal about it? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think oh. this guy is anything to do. Like Steven Seagal was there to promote himself. Ido Portal's Twitter page is private. He only has twenty something followers. He's only tweeted twice. He's big for his movement videos, but he doesn't seem like a superstar sort of guy like Steven Seagal wants to be. I can see him. Uh, I can see this being a massive, massive change for Connor. And you have to look at it as well. With like Connor's injury in the last fight, I think that's something that has been overstated because we're assuming he hasn't gotten uh, hasn't gotten surgery since then. So yeah, he yeah. has done natural thing like strengthening the muscle around the knee he got dust himself injections oh did he yeah well thanks for completely making my point irrelevant but i'm still <laughs> gonna make it anyway but there do, you is really a... think, do you really think the injury was understated or overset no, no, no. it was understated 
that's that's what I meant. Understated because because he could have pulled out with it being so bad, and there was talk that he could have needed surgery, um, and that's why your man his his masseuse Doctor Payne would always put up when he was sharing stuff on Facebook like can fix any injury without surgery. That was one of his like his taglines for why people should go to him. So he um I see a lot of people in fitness and a lot of people in health and like if you if you have something wrong with your knee, generally it's somewhere else that's causing the impingement. It's a weakness or a deficiency in somewhere else. So I've got an issue with my knee at the minute and the guy said it's because my hips are fucked. My hips and my lower back are very strung up. So I've been given loads of stretches to do and I think that Connor has brought Ido in not for his oh, movement is going to win me the fight. I think it's to keep his body in the best shape possible, as loose as possible, as free as possible, so that there are no hinges or any other ailments that could affect or weaken his knee. That that would be my complete belief of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're probably right. I'd, I'd, say, um, I'd say you're probably right in that. Um, what do you think about the talk coming into this fight? There hasn't been much talk. Like, I'm not a, a big one for the talk affecting guys coming in, but we saw Aldo in, in the embedded there. He was kind of, no, he was talking about like, oh, he's going to change McGregor's path. And like, he's, I didn't say he's going to end his career, but he was kind of, you know, saying, saying things like that. Do you think, are you one that buys into this talk thing? Do you think it's going to affect Aldo, or do you think it's not going to matter a jot once it starts? Uh, I, I think, like, Brazilians themselves, like, my coach is Brazilian, they are passionate people. They're nut cases as well. Like, every Brazilian that I met in Brazil was a certified lunatic. And isn't there something in their genes or something that just makes them love riding? <laughs> Somebody needs to take that clip out. That's the best thing ever. No, but like, they're... in their genes or something that's love... There is, there is ride. something in Brazilians that just makes them fucking crazy. There is. I'm telling you now. I'm not making this up. I'm going to Google it. Five I believe you. Brazilians love riding. Okay. While that's, uh, while that's loading. Um, oh, no. It's just about fucking cowboys ball riding. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Sean. I'm far too tired. <laughs> Go back to what you were saying there. Like, will it affect Aldo? Yeah, I don't think it will. I, I, I can see him get. Him. I can see him getting face to face with Connor. I can see Connor doing the same sort of thing in the Mendez fight, like when he was doing the. Yeah, you know that sort of thing, and I can see that really pissing off Aldo. Uh, I haven't got to watch yet, but Roberto Reed sent me a video earlier on about Aldo's sparring partner Andy Sewer. Sour, yeah, sour, whatever. He thinks Aldo will retire, win or lose, on Saturday. Yeah, I heard a few people saying that. Like, I don't. That's just talk, really. Like, it doesn't really make a difference. But um, although I suppose if you're talking mentally, maybe it could if he's thinking about retirement. Just call, saw Carl Pendred saying it there. Like, and a lot of people have said it before. If you think <laughs> about, influenced by Carl Pendred to <laughs> to no, retire no, but, from MMA. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Carl Pendred said, if you speak about retirement, you've already kind of one foot out the door. You know, and Aldo has yeah. spoken about retirement, and obviously, if he said it to Andy Sauer, he's not. He's probably not going to lie. So, the UFC, uh, the UFC, like Dana White always says that if you're thinking about retirement, then stop. Yeah. But he said it a little bit bitterly, I think, recently when Misha was like, "I'll probably just retire since the UFC are going to go back and everything they said." So Dana was like, 
well then girl you should retire if you're thinking about it you know he just he got to use his cliche line of oh if you're thinking about retirement then do it but it was pretty much like right misha fuck away off then and retire if you want um let's talk about the fight though do we have to yeah uh i've spoken enough about this fight let me you tell me how do you think it's gonna go what do you think is gonna happen the styles. Tell us about... Break this fight down for us, Andrew. Come on. Let's do it. I will, but you've asked for the YouTube link. Yes, so I have. Send that to you now. Send that to me because I don't know how long we've gone. I don't want to know. Come on. Okay. There you go. I've also done something here so that it's... Uh, uh, I'm going to have to keep switching between our pictures when we talk, but that's okay. For you, Sean. Anything. Oh, there's no time. It doesn't show the time on this, but you know how much time has gone anyway, do you? Um, I think we've been recording... I don't know. Throw up your WhatsApp. Throw up your WhatsApp there, and then see when I last texted you. Oh, hold on. The time is actually on this. Never mind. Okay, okay. We've 20, twenty more minutes. Excellent. We've got forty or so to go. Um, this fight, I think, is going to live up to everything that everyone's been talking about. Um, Robin Black did an unbelievable. I know a lot of people aren't. He's not their cup of tea. What's your thoughts of him? I like him. Yeah. I don't. He, even, yeah. Go on. Good. I don't think he's the best in the world, but he's very good. He posted a he posted his video the other day, or the UFC posted their video of him doing the breakdown, and I think he's right in saying what it's going to come down to is just a boxing match. I because oh look at that Sean Sheehan grimace. <laughs> I I don't think I don't think you could be further from wrong there. I think that's I don't think that's going to be the case. If McGregor gets into a boxing match, I think he lose. He he doesn't want to do that. McGregor wants a kicking match, really. He wants he wants to kick from the outside. He wants to kick high. He wants to stand like in a range outside of Aldo's leg kicks and outside of where Aldo can stand in the pocket with his Muay Thai stance and, and just like hit him with jabs and hit him straight down the middle. And the most important thing you want to stop is Aldo's blitzes because that's where he hurts guys the most. And against McGregor, who would be trying to push him back, Aldo will want to be doing the same to him. Like he'll want to train loads of those blitzes to get him back. And uh, I, like it's tough, you know. Do you remember McGregor before the the Chad Mendes fight? He said, "Let's see who's the first to take a backward step." And I think he could say a similar sort of thing to McGregor or to Aldo. I think that's huge. If Aldo can get McGregor on the back foot, he could he could definitely win the fight. I think, and I think the same goes the other way. But if Connor gets Aldo on the back foot, that's in my opinion where Aldo is most dangerous because he has more often than not thrown caution to the wind. Fuck this. And whenever he gets put on the back foot, that's when he powers forward. Yeah, and that's when he will throw a flurry. And that, like that's where I think, that's where I can see it coming into point of view from the hands. In Robin Black's preview, he said, Connor's left is one of the deadliest strikes. It's going to land no matter what and Aldo. It will land. He's big enough. He has the range. He has the timing down. I can see him tagging Aldo many times at lefts. But Connor has been caught with right counters in every single fight pretty much. And yeah. then he... He just complimented that point by showing videos of Aldo blitzing people with rights from countering on the left. Showed the f- I know you've uh, someone spoke about it pretty. I think you were asking if he had uh, fought a southpaw before. Florian was the southpaw. I know people are talking about leg kicks, but fighting the southpaw, the leg Aldo's lead leg kick now won't be attacking the tie that bathered every other fighter that knocked Uriah Faber off his feet, that put Frankie Edgar down in the fourth and fifth rounds every time he touched it. It's going to be the inside of Connor's leg. 
Yeah. Like, and that's not saying like, oh, it's hitting the meaty, the inside meaty parts, so it won't hurt. It's still going to be effective. It's still going to be a strong strike. I just think that people are completely overstating how powerful Aldo's leg kicks are going to be against a striker. Not only that moves as well as Connor, not only that has as good as footwork as Connor, but a fighter that switches stances as seamlessly as Connor. I can see Aldo maybe swinging and missing a couple of those times. Connor moving back and then coming forward with the left. I don't know why I'm moving, but I'm doing it anyway. Okay, there's a lot. You said a lot there. Let me talk about for once the soap off thing first. And if I don't talk about leg kicks, tell me to come back to him because I really want to talk about that. <clears throat> After I said that, I, that was when I was looking up my fights to write my preview and stuff. So I went back and I watched the Florian fight. I went watched the Jonathan Brookins fight. Soap off, right? Against Kenny Florian, who's a similar kind of size to McGregor, and he fights in a similar sort of stance, except he fights in a different sort of way. But Aldo struggled to break down the distance between, like, the natural difference in distance between a southpaw and an orthodox. They're kind of both standing, you know, side by side. Whereas orthodox, orthodox, you kind of just punch straight, and that's it. Southpaw, when you're southpaw against orthodox, <clears throat> you have to break down, you know, the additional kind of the additional angle to get there and he struggled early to do that and Kenny Florian was having a little bit of success he threw a few kicks Florian did and and they were kind of pushing Aldo back a bit but the thing about Florian is <clears throat> he's not McGregor he he wanted to wrestle Aldo he wanted to get Aldo down so we didn't really see too much of it and that if that ended quickly because Aldo eventually did push him back then and stuff he he, he took him down and he started hurting him <clears throat> so there's that Aldo, as you said, his blitzes forward are his best thing. McGregor, though, used to be a counterpuncher. That was always his best thing. You saw against um, Ivan Bushinger, the knockout, against Mark and Brim Brimage, the knockout, off of the back foot. McGregor can do that as well, and he, he can knock people out from there. So there's, Aldo will have to take that into account. And when he's putting himself into the blitzes, that's that's very, very dangerous for McGregor, and it's very dangerous for Aldo because it's McGregor's strongest point attacking and it's McGregor's weakest points defending. So he's going to take shots and he's going to give them. I know you want to talk about leg kicks, but let me just jump in here. Connor's, as you said, in my opinion, one of his most effective attributes is counter, counter striking ability. We saw throughout the earlier part of his career and then he came up against someone like Max Holloway, who is a similar fighter. And I think we've seen the evolution of Connor's game since then. 100%. Now, like if you even take an example, I know it's a horrible example, but I'm still going to use it. When Connor fought the mountain, right? <laughs> okay, why, why, why are you doing that? Go on, Look go on. how good he was at getting out of tight cornered situations. Aldo will blitz Connor, and those same skills, movements, timing that Connor has been working on since the Holloway fight, in my opinion, that's when we started seeing Connor doing more of his. <laughs> you know the sort of in and out moving things that's gonna what's i think his evasiveness out of um out of those flurries out of the cluster fucking strikes that aldo will throw at him are gonna be connor's keys to winning the fight yeah i think he'll need to put the combination of the pressure fighter and the counter fighter together to win this fight because aldo is that good because aldo can fight everywhere the, the thing about Aldo watching back all his all fights he like he stays he stays in the sands all the time or, or should I say it like this? Uh, he doesn't get out of his stance. Through thick and thin, people try. To, <laughs> if people try to take him down, people try to kick him. If people try to punch with him, he st uh, he he stays in the same stance all the, all the time. <clears throat> what McGregor has to do is to get him out of that. He has to not let Aldo 
get into the pocket where he can box with him, where he can throw his straight right hand, where he can throw his leg kicks. And let's talk about the leg kicks. As you said, they're, I think they're hugely overstated, these leg kicks. Look, Aldo has hurt guys badly with leg kicks in the past. And if he can get them going again, obviously they'll be a huge factor. But you could say the same about McGregor's left hand. You could say the same about Aldo's right hand. You could say the same about high kicks. Like, they're just another part of it. They're not something, spe- like, they're not they're not some X factor. I don't think they are. His kicks... If the, if the fight goes longer, there could be an X-Factor, definitely. But I think people are slightly overstating it. Aldo, the, the, as I said with McGregor fighting off the back foot, it's both his strong, the strongest part of his game uh, attacking and the weakest part defensive. I think the leg kicks are the same for Aldo. Um, Kenny Florian fight, he countered him from the leg kicks. Chad Mendes fight, he countered him with left hooks from the leg kicks in their second fight. And he kept doing it for the first round, and then Aldo stopped leg kicking. The Frankie Edgar fight, especially. Edgar took him down. Every time he threw a leg kick, Edgar took him down. You saw McGregor last week. <clears throat> he said it in an interview. And I'm not sure which one it was. Oh, no, it was Jimmy Kimmel, I think. Maybe. But he, he said in one of the leg kicks anyway. He said, maybe I'll give him the leg. Maybe I'll give him the leg and I'll counter it. Yeah, I'll maybe he has a counter yeah. that. Uh, yeah. He's 100% going to counter that leg kick. Because he knows it's coming. He knows it's coming and he's being prepared for it. And if you, Do you know what I think? Good enough, the- it could be his weak's link. I think the counter is going to be something that he's been working on uh, with Ido or in the last while. I think it's going to be some sort of hook sweep, some sort of counter to just take Aldo completely off his balance, like attacking, maybe throwing a kick of his own to take Aldo off balance completely on his other leg. He's very good at checking leg kicks as well. He broke a guy in on the local scene, didn't he? He broke his leg with a uh, check and he broke Max Holloway's foot, I believe, as well with a check of a leg kick. So McGregor can do that. Like he he's has gonna do, he's gonna do a Weidman. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that happened if Aldo like smashed his leg like that. But look, ho- I hope that doesn't happen. That'd be a fucking terrible way for the fight game. Aldo could injure his knee. Before his we go before uh, before we go on to a few other aspects of the fight, the one aspect that nobody's talking about, the ground. Is it gonna happen? John Cavanaugh is pretty adamant that uh Jose Aldo will turn into a wrestler, etc., after he feels Connor's power. What's your thoughts on that? How do you think this, the matchup on the ground, what happens if it goes to the ground? I think um, I think people will write Conor off very easily because of the Mendez fight, completely ignoring the fact. like Even even if people have facts in front of them, in order to make their point, they'll just completely ignore it. So it's yeah. like, Conor got taken down by a wrestler. Conor couldn't wrestle for weeks leading up to that fight. The first time Conor was able to fully wrestle was in that fight. Do you know? Like, I, I, do, I do think that's... People aren't giving him enough credit for his performance against Mendez and the fact that he did it effectively on one leg. Yeah, I agree totally. Um, there's a couple of things on that. With, with the takedowns, I don't think McGregor is half as bad at wrestling as he showed in the Mendez fight, but there's definitely some deficiencies there. But Mendez took him down and everyone saw it. Aldo saw it. And if Aldo didn't attack wrestling, he'd be fucking stupid. And this thing about, oh, he's going to die for a leg. This is MMA. This is not boxing. This is not kickboxing. If he goes for a leg, he's right to go for a leg to take someone down. This is MMA, right? So this this kind of, oh, he's a pussy if he goes for a leg. Fuck that shit. This this is MMA. Like, come on. Um, Aldo, would be, <clears throat> Aldo would be stupid if he didn't try to take him down. Not from, Maybe not from the very start, but into the second round, you know, as the fight goes on. <clears throat> because Aldo struggled in the past. 
with cardio and okay he, he struggled in one fight in the past with cardio and he hasn't struggled in other fights but if McGregor what fight the Mark Hominick fight where he oh, all right good uh, that's that's what I was gonna say I thought you were thinking of another one. yeah but if McGregor and if McGregor can push a pace in him anyone would struggle with cardio going into the fourth and fifth rounds if if he gets pushed back like that so that could be an issue and that could be something for him you know to work in the takedowns to take McGregor down to save him to save his character if he's getting tired definitely could be a thing on the ground yeah I don't, I don't think mcgregor is bad as people make out but aldo should have a, a big um a big advantage he's i want i want to see on. a full round of this fight on the ground i want to see what connor's jiu-jitsu holds up to aldo do you know what i mean like everyone's talking like i do think that when you get to the higher levels of jiu-jitsu i do think a good brown belt is able to negate a black belt do you know what I mean? That it wouldn't yeah. be as clear as clear cut. Like, oh, you're gonna, he's gonna get tapped, no problem, and blah blah blah. Like Aldo beat Cobrinia, who's one of the best grapplers ever. He beat him at brown belt when he was younger. Like when the two of them were brown belts, yeah. that is a ridiculous achievement in itself. But from, uh, I was actually the last time I was here in Vegas when I was competing at that tournament. Darryl O'Connell was over here as well, and he said. If you put Conor Nagy against brown belts, his level and his weight at the World Championships, probably he gets eaten up, but does pretty well. If you put Conor in the same tournament, Nogi, then there's a very, very good chance that he wins it. That's how highly Darrow O'Connell rates his grappling. And that Darrow would have trained with Conor for years and years in SVG. Like, I, I'm not too sure if he said it now. I don't want to say that he'd win it, but he said that he would definitely, he'd go in and he'd take scalps and he'd go in and he'd be very competitive. So, like, I I really want to see it. I want to see Connor off his back because he's he's so dangerous off his back. We saw the in the Mendez. He's the Neil Siri of the one forty five pound division. You know, he has no problem baiting elbows off his back. Yeah, he threw in a few elbows, but he didn't look like you know he wasn't attacking with submissions or he, his guard but, didn't look. That yeah, no, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to know how much of an effect his leg had on him in that way, in the fact as well. If yeah. you're on your back, if you're on guard, like I was going to try to get my legs up and show you, but I'm too stiff. <laughs> uh, if you're lying in closed guard like this and your knee, which is my elbow, is the issue, you're not going to be able to like throw this foot all over the place to either uh, retain your guard or throw up submissions because you don't know how, how strong the hinge is on your knee. Do you know what I mean? You don't know how safe that's going to be. So this is, I think, I don't think the question is ever going to be what if, or from any more will be, what if Conor McGregor fights this person? It's how healthy is Conor McGregor? How many times have we seen anywhere near a full potential Conor McGregor in the UFC yet? I don't think there's been too many instances. I think the Dennis Seaver and the first round of the Max Holloway fight are the two closest occasions that you will see to Conor McGregor being fully fit. I think Poria fight he looked good as well, even though he had a few niggles. <clears throat> but I, I think he looked he looked pretty good in that. Um just a couple more things on, on the ground game. Aldo isn't really a guy who'll like stay in your guard and hold you down like Chad Mendes, uh like like Chad Mendes did to McGregor. <clears throat> He's a guy who'll push you against the fence, all right, trying to take you down and hold you there while he while he tries to get you to the floor. He did that against uh, the Korean zombie. He's a guy who'll use his trips. You know, I love the trips. I, I, he did it against Ricardo Lamas. And, but I, in fights, he doesn't He doesn't stay in the guard. He tries to pass the guard, tries to get into into half guard, side control, into a mount, and tries to do damage. Like, 
we spoke, speak about Aldo. He used to be this real attacking fighter on the feet. Who you know, we saw the, the double flying knee to Cub Swanson, but he kind of calmed down and he became more of a you know, decision guy who was still exciting but winning decisions. On the ground, I still think he has that attack in nature, and I don't think I don't really think that's going to change. I don't think he's going to hold, hold try to hold McGregor down. I think he's he'll probably try to attack him if he gets him down and and attack for submissions. But like he isn't some great submission artist. I think he's only two submissions in in his MMA career. Um, if that if I'm not wrong, hold on. And Connor has yeah. two submission losses. Yeah, and Connor has one submission win. So there you go. Um, like. He could, if he takes him down, I'd say he'd have a, a chance of submitting him. But like, I haven't seen McGregor's jujitsu game much. I know you've probably seen a little bit more of it than me, and you've heard people talking about it. But I don't, I don't know. Most people don't know. So we, we'll just have to wait and see. Like, he could take him down, and this could look like Demi and Maya against Steel Magni, and he could absolutely just kill him and, and, and submit him easily. We don't know until we see it, and it could happen. It, it's definitely. Yeah, I'm excited now. Is. Me too. But how do you think it will go? <clears throat> Genuinely, hand on heart. Um, Aldo. <laughs> Jose Aldo, goodbye, everyone. <coughs> uh, oh, you missed it. I went to put my laptop screen down when I said that. Oh, I'll do it again. Look at me. Mm. Jose Aldo, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> uh, genuinely, looking at it from a stylistic point of view, I think that Conor McGregor is in for the absolute toughest test of his career this Saturday night. And I don't really want to believe all of the first round first round stuff because I want to see a classic. I know that sounds bad. It'd be great if Connor went in and it'd be great if, for every fighter if they were able to go in and win in 60 seconds and knock their opponent out and get out with little damage. But there's a part of me that really wants to see Connor be in a war. Like an absolute four, not even a five round, a four round war that he ends up finishing Aldo. I can see the two of them covered in blood, exchanging strikes, Connor being shocked at how tough Aldo is. Aldo, maybe, maybe this could be the first time we ever see Connor McGregor rocked in the UFC. Like, there is a, there's a possibility of that happening. Like, I don't know. I, I am going to pick Connor. I do think Connor's going to win. Whether he is going to finish Aldo or not, I'm not too sure. But uh, you look like you're gearing up to say something different. No, I, I think McGregor will win. As you know, in the past, I, I was picking Aldo before, but I think that Mendes fight just changed everything. Like, McGregor is McGregor is an elite fighter. Win or lose on, on Saturday, he's still an elite fighter. He could get knocked out after 10 seconds, and he's still an elite fighter. I don't exactly, because Aldo's one of the greatest fighters to ever live. Yeah. If Aldo wins, like that's it's no fucking shame losing losing to Jose Aldo. <clears throat> um, for me, <clears throat> I think McGregor has the perfect style to beat Aldo's style, <clears throat> and that's why I'm picking him. Like he's bigger than Aldo. Aldo is a guy who's who cuts an awful lot of weight as well. Remember in the past that video came out of him dying cutting the weight. He's a big guy in that weight, kind of a bit like Vladimir Klitschko. But he, he looks has, so he, small compared to Connor, yeah, so that yeah. makes you think. How hard is Connor's weight cut? Exactly. He, and we must talk about that actually in a minute. But he he's a guy who's used to fighting smaller guys. As McGregor said, he's used to fighting wrestlers who, you know, who come at him from halfway across the, the cage trying to take him down. Like when has he ever fought anyone like Conor McGregor? No. Mendez is not like McGregor. Florian is not like McGregor. 
who else? Korean Zombie fought just terribly badly against Aldo. Um, no, nobody like, and you could say the same for McGregor, but Aldo has more of a normal style, you know, than than, than McGregor has. It's very hard to come um, to prepare for McGregor. I know they brought in Billarino and stuff, but that's that's not going to prepare you for him. What I think is going to win him the fight, <clears throat> I think, as I said, I mentioned earlier, he's going to get Aldo out of his game, and that's what he needs to do. I think, as you said, you you want it to be a war. I think you're going to get that. I think it's going to be a war of attrition, and I think it's going to be who can hit the most with the best power. And I think McGregor hits people more than anyone else in the division. And I think he's the most powerful person in the division. So how can you pick against him? I honestly can't get... I think he's going to finish him in the third round. It's going to be... Aldo's going to be bleeding like he, he bled against Chad Mendes. He's going to catch a lot of left hands. And uh, McGregor's shots are going to tally up and he's going to finish him in the third round. How so, cool is the new Mac Mansion? <clears throat> I haven't seen it. As an, I I saw one tiny bit of it on the uh, on the embedded. But get get onto his Facebook page there while I'm talking and look at the picture. It yeah. has thirty four thousand likes. Jesus, and it has a couple of thousand retweets on Twitter as well. He um just one final thing on the fight. Yeah. You touched on it there. Win or lose for Conor McGregor, his star is only rising. I don't think there's going to be a. In my opinion. I don't see the Irish fans turning on Connor if he loses this weekend. I don't see there being such a reaction similar to Rousey. I think that Connor has Rousey's Rousey's appeal was her attitude, yeah. but Connor has the humor. Do you know that sort of way? Connor has the fact that he makes everybody laugh in his corner as well. If you're talking about worst case scenario, Connor loses and then oh, is it going to be Rousey 2.0? I don't think it's going to be anything like that at all. I can see it being the complete opposite. Connor comes back, uh, just becomes a maniac with his training, even more so. And then who knows what's next for him. Like, as you said, losing to someone like Jose Aldo isn't the worst thing in the world. Do you know what I mean? He's one of the greatest fighters to have ever lived. But this just shows what Connor is potentially capable of. If Jose Aldo is considered one of the greatest fighters ever in the UFC, Easily one of the top pound-for-pound pound guys. Although I think the UFC are kind of sticking to that uh, drum in order to sell, first of all, to sell this fight. Second of all, because Anderson went away, GSP went away, and John Jones had his own sort of issues. So by default, it was either going to be Demetrius Johnson or uh, or Jose Aldo was pound-for-pound pound best. I can see, like, just look at it this way. What will Conor McGregor become if he beats Jose Aldo? Do you know what I mean? That gives us a glimpse into the future. Like, as Connor keeps stating, he is only 27 years old. He's very, very young. His end goal, his aspirations, is for one fight to bring in 500 million in revenue. He wants to get half a billion in revenue across all platforms. And judging from what he's done so far in the UFC, you have to consider that he was injured for 11 of those months as well since he signed in 2013. Look where he is now. Like, this guy is the absolute limit for conor mcgregor we saw how he's revitalized the sport in ireland not revitalized vitalized the sport in ireland got it into the mainstream got it into people's publics uh, into the heads america's next for him to crack america and i he's think really I'll, done that really. exactly so yeah. where's the how much further can he go like i can see conor putting on an emphatic performance this weekend and from there i don't know probably have to pay to talk to him yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, just the last thing of that. 
I think McGregor will get loads of hate if he loses without a shadow of a doubt. But as you said, there it's different to Rousey. Like the thing about Rousey is when she lost to Betch Cahier, she went over and she said, "Don't cry." When she lost to um, Misha, or, when she, or sorry, when she beat Betch, and when she beat Misha, there she refused to shake her hand, and she, you know, she kept it up. When McGregor beats people, like he held, held Chad Mendes' hand up, like he he said good things about. Him. I know that changed since, but said good things about Paria, everyone, you know. And I think I think that's the difference. He's humble after a lot of his fights. He, he obviously isn't that way before him, and we all know. But I think the difference is he people recognize he's selling the fight, and I don't like Ronda Rousey isn't doing that so much. Maybe a little bit with Holly Holm, but um, yeah, I, I just I can't wait for the fight. Can't wait. Did you give a prediction what round? Um, fuck it. Connor will submit Aldo in the second round. <laughs> really? Yeah, Dave he's gonna, gonna yeah cripple him with strikes, follow him to the ground. Aldo will leave his neck there. Guillotine. I like it. I like that it. would be the ultimate tribute to to John Kavanagh and SVG. A guillotine, yeah. Was, yeah. Did you see his fight he posted there on uh, on Facebook today? Yeah, that was very cool. I have Limerick. To... Was it in Limerick? I think so. Yeah, he posted PT's article. Do you remember about the first fight in Limerick with it? So I presume it was. Yeah. Oh, it was really there cool. you go. Right. Uh, right. So that's um, it. UFC one nine four. Nothing else to talk about. Pretty shit undercard. Everyone's here for McGregor versus Aldo. Yeah. Who cares about the rest of it? Yeah. Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman. Though. Who? Well, who? I remember you told us to pick, but I can't remember. Who'd you say? Who are you picking? I don't know what I said the last time, but I do think Luke Rockhold is going to win. I've yeah. been a fan. Like I, I can see it happening from. Do you know? Like Chris Weidman yeah. is a fighter who has solved every puzzle. John, actually, sorry, just one last. Like this kind of links into the two points. John has spoken. I think it was with Ariel about how Connor can figure people out in the in the cage. Are you taking a picture of me? Yeah. Fine. Um, Connor figures people out so that it might take Connor around and he'll figure it out what to, how to do and how he should be fighting and then how to beat the person. You could put him in against different people and he'd be able to do that. Chris Weidman, I think, has that same sort of ability. He can read fighters very well. He can analyze them very well. Just from being in there with them, he can kind of set up his game plan for the second, third, and fourth round of how he's going to be able to counter them. Whether it's due to his uh, good cornerman, whether it's due to his fight IQ, I think Chris Weidman will be able to figure out Luke Rockhold, but I think Luke Rockhold will be too good for Chris Weidman in, the, in, the, in a, what he wants to do. If I'm uh, Luke Rockhold and I want to beat Chris Weidman, I actually think his advantage is going to be trying to like make it a dirty fight try to wrestle, fuck him, try to get him down and be able to beat him that way. And I do see Luke Rockhold beating Chris Weidman in that manner. I think Luke Rockhold's best chance in all his all fights, he does it, it's his counter right hand and then a big left hand shot. So like he's, or his counter right hook, sorry, and a big, a big left hand shot after it. And I think against Weidman, he's fought Anderson Silva twice and he, like, he demolished him the second time especially. I know it ended badly, but he was demolishing him. And the first time, he like he didn't really eat that many shots. He didn't get knocked out of him. And like a counter puncher who likes to kind of pot shot counter you, 
nobody's as good as Anderson Silva. Like, and Luke Rockhold is not as good as Anderson Silva at doing that. So, like, if Anderson Silva didn't do it or didn't have any success at doing it, I, I don't know. I just can't see Luke Rockhold doing it. Now, Luke Rockhold has other things too. He's very good submission game. He's he's good takedowns. I don't think he's going to take Chris Weidman down. I don't think he's going to be able to take him down. He's good straight left hand as well. And you know, this is. I think this fight before the Robbie Lawler and uh, McDonald, McDonald it flew fight. under the radar, and this is going yeah. to do the exact same. Yeah, but I thought that wasn't going to be a good fight. And I, I don't think this is going to be a good fight. And I could be totally and utterly wrong as well <clears throat> because that fight, that, is go- that fight was going to be a lot of, you know, pawn with the front hands, kind of trying to get inside, trying to land the big shots. I think this could be a little bit the same. I think it's going to be a very even fight um, or, over five rounds. It's going to be nip and tuck. Weidman, I think Weidman will win the early rounds. I think he'll get takedowns. And I think the longer a fight goes, as it becomes kind of a... I use the word war of attrition but I'm the war of attrition is not the right word use it Sean it's a nice yeah. phrase like against Jackery and stuff I think Rockhold is very good at pulling through later on I don't think Chris Weidman maybe he's struggled against Machida and stuff um, I, th- I think Weidman win. did Weidman win. not get hurt against Machida though three rounds to two maybe I actually thought Weidman could have lost that fight I, I, I watching it live I thought Machida done enough to, to beat yeah. him like, it was a closer fight than, than a lot of people were saying but yeah, Chris Weidman as well. The thing about him is, like, he's he's deceptively athletic. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, oh, he. I, I was watching him. Watching him before. I think I always think of Chris Weidman as kind of like a plodding guy with kind of bad knees who kind of gets into. But watching him again, he's not. He's he's really fucking explosive and he's really athletic. But you can see that his knees are like all the way. He's his knees are fucked, and he still does it. I like if he was a hundred percent fit, if he was able to get those knees out, he'd be just an unbelievable killer altogether but I still think he's enough unless yeah unless he's totally crippled like leg kicks could, could be a big issue in this as well if I was Chris Weidman I'd be targeting those knees because they are to like if you take away another bit of another 10 or 15 percent of those legs it could be it could be huge in that fight and I think uh, if why or if uh, Larocco looks at that and he does throw good leg kicks I think that, that could be a, a good point a good uh, point in his favor but how do you, you do you see it going on five rounds or think Larocco will get the stoppage I think Rockhold will finish him, to be honest. I, I I don't know. I just, when, maybe it's a personal like for fighters that you, you want to see them win in a convincing way or something. I don't know. I've I've always been a fan of Luke Rockhold. Chris, Chris Weidman has always frustrated me when I watched him because I was like, the, the Anderson first fight was like, yeah, one shot. The second fight was the leg break. The Machida fight, I thought he lost. Like, I'm. Not, I don't want to. I don't want to go around and discredit him because he's obviously one of the baddest fucking men on the planet. But I think this is a keep going until you prove me wrong sort of situation. I need Chris Weidman to fully crucify Luke Rockhold and leave him for dead in the ring for me to think, yeah, okay, Chris Weidman's for real. Um, I'm not going to bet against him now. Obviously, being very good friends with Matt Sarah and Ray Longo, as you saw downstairs, <laughs> I uh, I shouldn't speak so uh, so openly against Chris Weidman. But I just think that Luke Rockhold has his number. I could be completely wrong. I'd gladly be completely wrong on this. But for quite a while, or ever since, I've I have just wanted to see Rockhold get this shot against Weidman because I think he's the one guy that can beat him. 
Yeah, I think Wyman. But, but on that, I think every other guy in the division, with the exception maybe of Jacare, gets absolutely smoked by Chris Weidman. You know that sort of way. It's kind of the the holy trifecta that we were talking. Like, I'm when I say absolutely well, smoked. When I say smoked, I mean Weidman could still beat him, but Jacare gives him the hardest test out of yeah, anyone. I know. Yeah, I know. What you mean, yeah. I don't mean that he'd uh, he'd smoke Jacare as well. Um. Yeah, I, I think Wyman will win. I, th- I think he'll win five rounds. Not going to be a good fight, I don't think. Um, but like we spoke about it so many times, before, this is either the cusp, the cusp of something great for Wyman, with with as you say, Jacare, Yoel, and and whoever else. He's beaten all the old guys now. It's time whoa, for him to whoa, beat the new whoa, guys. whoa, 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 whoa! Breaking news. Go on, please don't be something bad. Justin Bieber has announced the Dublin date. He will play the three arena on the 1st of November next year. Three arena? Jesus. That's, that's the day after my birthday, Sean. What date is it? The 1st of November. Ah, oh, Jesus. It's my father's birthday today. Happy birthday. It's too late now to say sorry. Are we going to sing, no? No, I don't know the words. Happy birthday, Papa Sheehan. Because I'm missing mm-hmm. more than just your body. <laughs> Oh, Jay Beebs. Are you there? Are you alive? I was just closing my laptop there. All oh, right. As if you're like, right, fuck you. I'm done with this. <laughs> um, uh, sorry about that. What, speaking of Joel and Jacare, what do you think about that fight? Who's winning that? Jacare. I think Joel Romero is a cheat. <laughs> no, no, for, no, forget Jesus. No, my ass. I stuck to my stool. <sighs> Oh, that was my favorite UFC fight of all time. Oh, it was hilarious. I love that fight so much. Um, I think Jacare is going to steamroll him. I think Romero is tough enough to be able to withstand the early onslaught in the sense that Jacare will come out, try and really hurt him early on. Romero will probably shoot, probably try to push him up against the cage and then realize how good Jacare is in those positions and have absolutely nothing for him. Uh, I think Yoel Romero is going to win. Spoiler alert, my picks. Um, I think Jacker is going to try to... I think there's going to be a lot of fence work in this. I think there's going to be a lot of clinching. And I think Yoel Romero is the stronger man. I think he's just an animal of a man. I think his wrestling will win it for him. Obviously, if Jacker can get him on his back and, and you know, get him in a, a jiu-jitsu battle, that won't end well for Romero. But I don't... I think he's too strong, too good in transitions, too good a wrestler to let that happen. I could see... I could, I could see him holding uh, Jacare against the fence for long periods. Like, Joel gets a bit tired as the fight goes on, but he also gets, like, wild when he strikes and knock guys out. I think he's, like, three third-round finishes in the UFC or something like that. So he, he's dangerous the whole way through. I think it's going to be a decision again, and I think Romero is going to take it because of... Just barely nip it because of, like, he's strength and because of uh, that, that cage work. Um, right, a couple more fights. Just in one, in one word, Max Holloway and Jeremy Stevens. Holloway. Yeah, Holloway decision, I think. Right, Gunnar Nelson, Damian Maya. Gunnar Nelson. We've spoke about it enough. I do think that um, the ground isn't going to come into it at all. I think Gunnar is just too good of a striker for Damian Maya's tippy-tappy kickboxing, a BJJ black belt that learned how to kickbox sort of style. And I am a huge fan of Damian Maya. I'm a fan of Damian Maya for his ground skills. I don't think his ground skills are better 
uh, to the point that he would be able to control Gunnar and submit him. I think Gunnar would be, even though we haven't seen it, is a very good defensive grappler in those situations uh, from his ADCC matches that he's lost that I've watched. His grappling is absolutely brilliant. He um, And even now we saw the reignited, improved Gunnar Nelson against Brandon Thatch. He even spoke openly in the interview that I did with him about a finish, that that is what he wants. So I can honestly see him... I do want to say lighting Damien Maia up on the feet, but I can see him really just clearly winning the strike in battle. And um, whether he is able to finish Maya or not is another thing. Maya has taken quite a lot of, I don't want to say damage over the years. He is quite durable, but Gunnar Nelson, for me, takes this fight. Yeah, I think Gunnar Nelson's going to finish him on the feet, to be honest. As you say, if it goes to the ground, I think it'll even, even itself out. There'll be a couple of transitions maybe, and then it'll get back up. These guys, they're both too good, you know, to get held down or to get dominated. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see it being one on the ground. I think it'll be one on the feet, and I think Gunnar Nelson is way better there. Uh, as you said, Maya is durable. I could see it going to the decision, but I just have a feeling Maya might be, this might be the fight where Maya gets old. And Gunnar Nelson is the guy coming up, and he's just going to take him out. And Gunnar Nelson as well is one of those guys that that one loss makes him look worse than he actually is. Like he's not on the feet, especially he's a lot better of a fighter on the feet than that that uh, Rick Story fight showed. Kind of like McGregor on the ground, I think he's a lot better on the ground than the Mendes fight showed. So yeah, I, I think uh, could be another Brandon Hatch. I think you can hurt him and maybe submit him on the ground even when he's hurt or just a straight finish. But. Uh, it's going to be a good fight anyway. Right, um, a couple of words on the Sage and Page card. Well, first of all, can we just yeah. say commiserations to Cody Fister, who's been cut from the UFC, regardless of whether he wins or not this weekend. Why? What happened? Did you not see what he said today at the open workouts? No, what is that? Let me get these quotes up for you now. Cody Fister says, Sage Northcutt is Dana White's new lapdog. But when he loses, they'll kick him to the curb. He won't get cut for that. Cody Fister has been brilliant on those embedded stuff. Look, look, it, Cody, Cody Fister. Well, uh, Kieran Malone put up a great thing on Facebook. Said Sage Northcutt and Cody Fister must have the combined lowest IQ of two UFC fighters to ever compete against each other. Don't say what that are you shaking my, your head? Don't say at? that about my boy Sage. Sage is an intelligent, brilliant man who's going to win. Sage Northcourt is going to win right on Saturday, and then he needs to fight Nate Diaz. Oh, yes, sir. Give him, give him Nate Diaz. Give him Nate Diaz. I want to see that fight. Imagine the build-up to that fight. Imagine a smack talk between Nate Diaz and Sage Narcot. Sage wouldn't know how to smack talk back. He would just be, be like, he would just I literally look like a deer in the headlights. First things first. <coughs> Sage Northcutt's dad <coughs> looks like Jeremy Botter. <coughs> oh, Botter won't be happy with that. They're from the same town as well. Exactly. So we're just getting that out of the way. Second of all, his dad is an absolute crook. Okay. We've seen it. When I first read allegedly. this. I'm pretty sure there's no allegedly about it. Uh, no, it's allegedly. Okay. Allegedly his dad's a crook. Yeah. Um, when I read the transcripts that came out, I thought it was Dana White that they were talking about in it because it was just named as the person's last name. The other guy's last name was White as well. So it was like, White arrives at a hotel with a bag full of cocaine and I'm just like, what the fuck has happened here? <laughs> what have I missed? 
But um, Cody Fister, you look at his record, and his it's like me talking about Paul Craig that time. His opponent's <laughs> records, if you combine it, turns into a losing record. Where if you did that with my opponent's records, they would have a big winning record. So it's a lot of overhype. It's cool. It works. He's young. I guess he's Dana's new boy. He's his lapdog for the moment. I'm sure he'll kick him to the curb after that. After I put him down, they're going to throw him to the shit like they do with everyone else. So it is what it is. First of all, can I just say it is what it is has now a massive phrase in MMA thanks to Conor McGregor. I'd say Greg Savage and TJ DeSantis said it about 50 times this week on Cheap Seats. It was ridiculous. David Dana White has been saying that for fucking ages. It's, it's it is. It ever. is what it is, Sean. It just look. It is what it is. I think Sage is anyway is going to fucking run through this guy, and he's there's no stopping Sage. Sage is the the next the incumbent UFC uh, lightweight champion himself, and Habib. I hope they never fight because I couldn't. If you like picking against my children or something, you're like. first and second born. Exactly. I couldn't do it. Uh, Page. I th- we are both on record. I think we're saying Page is going to lose this fight. Do you think? Yes. Do you, do you think they're going to kick her to the curb like they did, like Cody Fister is saying if she loses? Or do you think uh, what do you think is going to happen? Is it good? Are they going to stick with her? I think the US like the best possible thing for Paige Van Zandt is to lose this fight at the weekend while it's early in her career. Don't lose your next fight when you're one fight away from a title fight. Don't win your next fight and then have to be put in against Joanna Jinjacek at your current level. Paige is an absolute star in the making. Marketable. The UFC are fairly keen on her. The fact that she is aesthetically pleasing does not help her cause in any shape or form. But I still go back to the time that she had to ask uh, one of the guys in Team Alpha Male how to transition to an armbar from a triangle. Do you know that sort of way? There, there is that level in her game that she is just, it hasn't been exposed yet due to the, maybe the level of opposition, her opponents bottling it when it comes to big game situations. I don't think Rose is going to bottle it. I think Rose is just going to come straight out. She won't be phased, phased by Paige. I can see her just standing there, be willing to put it back up to her. I think she submits her if it goes down to the ground pretty, pretty easily. And even then, on the feet, like it's not as it's not as clear cut one sided. Like, oh, Paige Van Zandt is good striking. I think, uh, I think this is Namahunas's fight to lose. Yeah, I don't think Paige Van Zandt can win a fight without putting someone against the fence and taking them down. And if she does that against Rose Namahunas, she's going to get submitted. Like, uh, I can't see this fight in any other way than a submission for uh, for Rose Namahunas. I honestly can't. She's ten to one to win by submission in the first round. That's that's madness. I think. I, I really think. Uh, I really think it's going to end up like that. It should be a good fight, though. I'm looking forward to it. No, I think um, like p- p- despite. Um, I don't want to say despite her shortcomings because we can only go off what we've seen and what we've heard. Despite all of the stuff that we say about her, her previous fights have been quite entertaining. I thought the fight, uh, her last fight against. Uh, don't even tell me her name because she's sponsored by Alienware. She's nuts. She's blonde. She is. Give me the first letter. F. Felice Herrig. Yeah. Uh, this like that was a pretty entertaining fight, if only for the clumsical grappling exchanges that the two of them had on the ground, like losing transition after transition, and the back has been there for the last two minutes. Or one, he's going to take it. Uh, no, I'll just throw hammer fists instead. Um, 
her fights have always been entertaining. I can see this being a very entertaining fight as well. The thing that I'm most looking forward to is in the fact that it's going to be in a venue with only 2,000 people. I like the way you are make up, made up a word there as a clumsical. Well, clumsical is definitely clumsical. not a made-up word. It's a fucking great word. Thank you. It's um, also, final on the Cody Fister thing. His yeah. opponent took the fight on short notice, came in overweight. The dude failed his drug test. Like, how serious were you about being in this fight? This shit's not going to happen to me. They give me full eight weeks. I'm going to come in there prepared, ready to fucking kill. Man, fuck this shit. I'm just ready to go fucking smash. I'm ready. It's just, ah, I'm crazy. And he's not going to be able to handle it. Legend. Cody right. Fister riding the hype thing. Don't get me wrong. I still think Cody Fister loses this fight. <laughs> but um, I don't think Sage is all you're making him out to be. Sage, my, leave my boy Sage on. Uh, the last fight. We'll answer maybe two or three questions where we got Frankie against Chad. I love this fight. I did, I'm getting more pumped for this fight than like all of the other underdog kind of fights. I have to be honest. Combined. This is going to be a great fucking fight. I think. Well, that's it. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much. I, look, you're not, you're not going to hear any different from me. This fight is probably my second most anticipated fight of the whole weekend. It's the fight that we've wanted to see for a while. I think Connor is completely right when he talks about depending on who looks what this weekend, we could see the future of the 145. Connor's future at 145 pounds evaporate in front of our eyes. Chad Mendez beats Frankie Edgar. Connor has every right to say to Chad Mendez and just stroll on up to 155 and look for the title unification bout. If Frankie Edgar beats Chad Mendez, Connor stays at 145 for another fight. If Max, Holloway, if Max Holloway goes out and wrecks Jeremy Stevens, if Jeremy Stevens goes out and wrecks Max Holloway, so many, so many situations that could happen that leaves Connor at 145. To be honest, just to answer the question, I want to see Connor fight the answer, huh? Oh, there you go. Oh, I like I, it. Uh, I do. Uh, Connor and Edgar has been a fight that I wanted to see for a while. It a point that I forgot to make all the way back when you're talking about Aldo that I will now. A UFC representative, okay, said to me in Sweden after Connor's first fight about how Aldo had been bringing in a load of um, wrestlers six months from before the Mendez camp that his wrestling was going to be like no wrestler would ever beat Jose Aldo at 145. The only type of person that could beat Aldo at 145 is an orthodox striker like Connor. And this was back in. April 2013 and I think that is going to what's going to come to fruition at the weekend if we're looking at hello oh no your wife is not gone is it oh you're back hello Sean, Sean, yeah, I, can hear you. I can hear you now kind of hello hello I've been wondering if it's time. You're here now. You're back. Okay, so hopefully people still heard that. I just don't have to explain it to you again. Uh, Frankie Edgar versus Chad Mendes. Who's going to win? Frankie Edgar. Chad Mendes is going to knock him out in the first round. What? Yeah, Chad Mendes is definitely going to knock him out. Do you think it's because Frankie Edgar can't take a punch and Mendes is too much power? Yeah. Exactly. Well, obviously, Frank Edgar can take a punch. He can't be finished yeah. by a single punch, is what I mean. I think he can. I think he will be. 
I don't think he's ever hit a as hard a hitter as as uh, Chad Mendes. Like Graham Maynard nearly knocked him out. I know uh, Aldo hit him a fair bit, and Aldo's a big puncher. But Aldo, I don't think Aldo's as big a puncher as Mendes. And I think if Mendes cracks him right, he'll go down and he won't be getting back up. So that's what I think. Right, a couple of questions before this fucking thing goes out on us. We've been doing well now. Um, who is your best underdog pick from the week from at JF Murphy Six? Is Rose Namahunas a betting underdog? Yeah. Then Rose Namahunas. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I can't give her now because you've given her so I'll go with Gunnar Nelson. I think Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson. Is he an underdog against my as well? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, uh, we got a couple of good ones, didn't we? Uh, Anthony Smith asked, do you think, um, we've talked about it a bit, do you think... Um, McGregor's gone a little bit overboard with the the Ida thing, and Shane Walsh, um, as you alluded to there, he's talking about the Seagal, Steven Seagal kind of job. Just look, I think it's just a kind of a cool thing for Conor McGregor more than anything else. To be honest, I don't think you know, I don't think this is fucking uh, Edmund Darver. I don't think he's giving him Edmund Darver any coaching tips or anything like that now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> Wait a minute! Well, did you just put your uh, something on your face or something? No, I'm sending you a message. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I honestly think that uh, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's overdone at all. I just think that I don't care if I'm drinking the Kool Aid here or anything like that. But Connor is just that step ahead of the game. Like you're gonna see so many more fighters doing stuff like this in the next while. You already see fighters doing stuff like this. Connor's just gone straight to the source, the source that he thinks will improve his movement game the most. I'm really, really interested more than anything in seeing the close range combat of Connor and Aldo this weekend. I think that it's going to be very interesting, maybe to even see how good Connor is at evading damage and how much he's worked on it and for this preparation for this fight. Yeah. Last question Shane Guinan asks If McGregor wins, who will be next? And if he loses, who will be next? If McGregor wins and Frankie Edgar wins, I think the two of them will be matched up. Otherwise, let him go up at 155. Why not? Just the UFC have spoken about super fights for so long. Do you know what I mean? Lorenzo Fertitta's tweets that are still haunting them to this day about boxing losing their super fights. And then Saint-Pierre never fought Silva at a catch weight of 100 and whatever pounds. Anderson Silva never got to fight George Saint-Pierre. Um all the ones that they spoke about, why not capitalize and make your first ever genuine, legit super fight? Think of the markability. Think of what Connor can go on to achieve if he can effectively become a two-weight, the first ever consecutive two-weight division holder in the UFC, belt holder in the UFC. Do you think there's any chance Aldo gets a rematch if McGregor beats him? Depends on what way it goes, to be honest. I can see... I Do you know what? I genuinely, I've ne- that has not even come into my head. What do you think? Like he's been a champion for long enough, Un- unless like there's rumors of him retiring, which I don't know. That could happen as well. But like, I think he probably warrants a rematch if he was fighting anyone else and he lost. I think he'd deserve a rematch. So why why should McGregor be any different? Like Aldo likes to take a lot of time out between fights, so McGregor maybe McGregor will want to get another fight in. 
like there's no easy he's not going to get like a, a warm-up fight or anything it's going to be frank edgar probably if four months yeah this. the whole four roster months. in four yeah. months this media shit <laughs> and um, if he loses who do you think very uh, if he loses joe duffy i think at 155 do you think yeah. he moved do you think if he loses he doesn't stay at 145 and tries to get the belt again if he if he loses i think they'll talk about the wake up being too much and that he wants to move up mm, i don't think it'll be duffy it'll be well depending maybe and maybe the winner is duffy and parias or Cerrone maybe if he loses there are a lot of ta- or diaz there's yeah, a lot of duffy, good matches duffy to and welcome Park, maybe duffy and crow park who are you oh, and man. what have you done with sean sheehan yeah crow park's not happening no um let me just look here. What fight would you what fight would you fly to America to see live, Sean? Yeah, fucking none. Like this is the best fight week of all time. So like none. I'll tell you this yeah, one. <laughs> this one, yeah. Um, and then you got it. You got the wrestling, did you? Who wins the battle of the next Ronda Rousey's? The previous Ronda Rousey. What? That's a, that's a Paige Van Zandt, Rosalind Yunus question. Uh, um, then, yeah, you got pretty much all the good questions. Uh, Keith Regan, no. Paige Van Zandt has not fallen for me yet. But uh, that's only because I haven't seen her yet. So, uh, oh, wait a minute. Is she going out with Andrea Feely now? That's what I thought as well. She kind of it, gave him like, a peck on the cheek. Like, at the end. I don't know if it was so much of a peck. I think... He mm. gave her the hug at the airport, yeah. and she seemed a little bit like, oh, you just did that in front of the UFC cameras. I noticed that too, yeah. Did you notice that, you wee cat, did you? She's making herself through that camp, I'm telling you. <laughs> now, Sean, come on. Uh, it's, look, Cody Nonem was the first. You know, didn't, you know. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, that's definitely true. Allegedly. Allegedly, okay. And allegedly Andrew Feely as well. Sherlock. What are we? Have we nothing else to do than to gossip oh. about fucking Paige Van Zandt? Oh fuck, we can't edit out now. Shit. Also, um, a special shout out. Uh, unfortunately, sacrifices are made. I'm missing my mother's birthday. When's her birthday today? Friday. Friday. Oh, and sure. uh, Jim, Jim, Jim Dahl wanted me to uh, do a video message for all of uh, all of the fighters. From my man i said absolutely oh, yeah. not no. but uh i have to have to admit if i can take a second to finish before you have an you better have an inspiration i don't fucking don't but go well, on you get yeah, Google take there. a second there take a second <laughs> take a minute um we're here in vegas there's going to be unbelievable coverage on the website throughout the weekend uh, throughout the week it is going to be one of the hardest weeks of work ever and for me to be able to do this at 23 is brilliant but i will gladly admit I wasn't supposed to be here up until uh, two weeks ago. Everything fucked up. Everything went wrong. I wasn't going to be able to go to Vegas. And a really? massive, I didn't hear that. a massive, 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 massive. Like I am very, very lucky, very lucky to be able to do this. But I'm even luckier that I have fucking my mom and dad were able to bail me out and send me to Vegas. And they're like, "You've come too far not to do this." They very selflessly give me um, give me the money to go over on the flight and. The accommodation was cheap enough. I had saved up a little bit of money for that. So um, I have never felt as embarrassed or humiliated at having to take the money. But at the end of the day, I, my mom and dad don't listen to the podcast, but I have to admit that I love them very much. And thank you very much for doing this for me. And uh, Sean, you're stop shaking your head because I'm trying to be nice here. They're only a shower of pricks. Like, 
They give birth to you, so they're obviously <laughs> bastards. They give birth to you. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, everyone, if you're looking at an embedded this week, go over to Severe and Main, look at it, rather than going to YouTube or, you know, that'll help us out. Do that. Give my give my articles. Re- I wrote two brilliant articles already. There's three more coming. I am going to so follow the embedded crew around. Yeah, with Severe and Main sign. I don't even... Ah! Wait. Oh, your thing, where is it? Oh, yeah. The debut right here you. in the podcast. Hi, this is Shanti in here bringing you through while Andrew's getting his thing. Wait till you see this. This is the best thing. Oh, it's upside down. Sweet. Let me see the top of it there and the bottom of it. That is sweet. Andrew McGann here for severe MMA. That's next level shit, that is. Isn't it? This is three years ago level sort of shit. <laughs> this is what we should have been doing, Sean. It's nice, though, isn't it? It's good. Mm. So... Uh, if you want to get in touch with us over the next couple of days to tell us how great our content is and has been and continues to be, then send us a tweet at SevereMMAPod, at SevereMMA. Um, I got a tweet today. This fella's been listening to the podcast for months and only got around to following us today. At Pete Carroll, at Dave Fogarty, whatever the fuck, at Sean Sheehan, BA, at Andrew McGatton underscore. And most importantly, um, as we say, thank you for every single listen and view and like and whatever that you give us. Um, once we figure out a way to convert Facebook likes and listens into money, we will be ultra happy and we will uh, let you know how that goes. But uh, until then, I believe Sean Sheehan has a quote to finish off the show. The Look me in the eye when you're saying it. <laughs> I can't because I'm reading it off of my other screen oh, so I can't okay. see you. <laughs> the greatest... Okay, I, I can look you in the eye actually because I can look straight into this thing. The greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do. See you next week.